Hi, everyone. I am Shannon Hernandez, the Writing Whisperer, and I'm so excited today. I will introduce our, our guest, Tanya Smith, in just a couple of minutes. Uh, for those of you that are joining my community for the first time or you're fairly new and you kind of don't know what all this is about, I like to give a, a brief little introduction. So my business is called The Writing Whisperer. I actually launched my business 19 months ago. I've gone through two rebrands, and I'm getting ready to go through another one. Uh, so we can all be excited when January comes around, and I've kind of got some updates uh, happening. Uh, the reason, sole reason I have grown so fast is content, content, content. And I uh, formerly was a teacher, and I can write curriculum all day long. So that's part of, I think, my success in knowing um, great content on the teaching side, right, being able to write the curriculum and also being able to have good content to share with my students. Uh, so I kind of transferred that knowledge of what I knew as a teacher into helping business owners uh, get their messages out bigger and bolder, and I call this your brand voice, and really taking time to develop your brand voice and share relevant quality content. Okay, and you will hear me say a million times over, if you haven't already, I believe in quality over quantity. Okay, so um, if you hear that, it, it is what I believe in. You know, if you're going to blog, do it well. If that means once a week or once a month, whatever you do, do it well. Uh, so we are here today with Tanya Smith, and uh, I had a vision of launching this content branding series back in, I think, June or July. And, you know, I started with one a month, uh, one guest a month, and then I just kept meeting so many awesome people on the content side and different things they were doing with branding. So I uh, reached out to them, and we've now been going strong for two a month. Uh, so if you've missed any of those, they're coming out slowly but surely over on my blog. And you're welcome um, you know, to listen to any of those replays. Um, but I want to take a moment and introduce my guest today. Uh, Tanya Smith is a creative business coach, soccer mom, and geeky student of all things Internet. And she specializes in showing independent service providers time-saving solutions for sharing snack-sized content that gets them noticed online. And if any of you are like me, sometimes this creating these pictures and these image and graphics, it really drives me bananas. So <laughs> I'm glad to have Tanya here with us today. Um, in 2007, uh, Tanya started working with professionals and guiding them to achieve remarkable success. Her commitment is to help solo entrepreneurs have a positive and powerful presence online that gets them noticed by the people they want to work with so they can grow thriving businesses and live a life they love. Tanya blogs to share fresh, actionable strategies, courses, and virtual tools to promote business owners as power players in their market. And you can learn more about her by listening in today but also you can find her at TanyaSmithOnline.com. Tanya, how are you doing today? Hey, I am doing fabulously today. <laughs> we have been so excited about this interview, haven't we? Yes, we have. We have. I love talking about this stuff, and I love everything that you do, Shannon, too. So just kudos to all of the work that you've put into building your brand. And like you said, so quickly, it's awesome. Thank you so much. Um, well, and I really want people to understand that content is really where it's at. And I have a mm -hmm. whole page on my webpage that says why content is the thing. And mm -hmm. I talk about this a lot. So it's so great to have you with us 
uh, here today. We are talking about creating snack-sized social content and how mm-hmm. to make it work for entrepreneurs. So could you tell us a little bit about how you came to be passionate about this topic and teaching it to others? Oh, yes, absolutely. And I'll try to keep it abbreviated because it's a long story, as you can imagine, from 2007 until here we are in 2014. Um, but I've been a student of online marketing really Prior to 2007, I was studying and trying to figure out what is this new thing that's coming on the scene and how do you actually engage it so that you can build a thriving business. Because even back at that time, I was a working mom, a demanding corporate job, um, a spouse that was also demanding, young, young, small, small, small kids who had a lot of demands on my time as well. But what I saw in terms of the online marketing space is that a lot of folks were using blogging. They were starting to use blogging um, even within the past, I'd say, three to five years, designing those long landing pages that you've read, (laughs) uh, attending and hosting two to three hour webinars that would beat you down until you either hang up or you say, sure, I'll buy, just stop talking. (laughs) (laughs) So I tried all of those methods because that's what people said to do. And I think on some level it did work, and it still does work. It works for some people, but it's just not for me. It became really time-consuming. I started to get really disenchanted with my writing. Um, And you as a writer, Shannon, you'll get – I mean, you have that creative um, bug, and you know, hey, if I want to get my writing out or get my passion out, I'll put it in writing. You talked about writing on paper. But for me, I'm very digital-minded, one, <laughs> so that's one mm-hmm. thing. And two, it's, it's almost like pulling teeth and birthing a child to try to come up with a blog every day or every other day for me. At least that's what I thought because I felt like it had to be in this long form. But what I discovered is that, here's my biggest discovery. I discovered Twitter. (laughs) When I discovered Twitter (laughs) and realized that there were a lot of other people with that whole attention deficit disorder like me who would struggle, you know, get distracted by buggy things and want to just hit the message quickly and keep moving, when I figured that I could actually put things into 140 characters and actually add things like images or short videos and do things in my spare time that I wasn't really able to do before, it opened up a whole new world for me, and it began to give me more opportunities. I created opportunities from sharing more short-form content, um, more image series, which I'll talk a little bit about too, um, more slide decks, but things that were quick for me to create and easy for my audience to consume without getting bored. So it was easier for me to work in that that approach versus before with the long form. Right. And I, I just want to say something. Um, you, you know, mentioned I'm a writer, and I do have the ideas. And one thing I learned um, – I've studied uh, Michael Hyatt, and what he talks mm-hmm. about, you know, this idea of shortening the sentences, shortening the paragraph, getting, mm-hmm. getting clear in your message, get, it, get on and get it over with, you know. And yeah. that has been super hard for me. But the more I have shortened, 
the email marketing, shorten the blog posts, the better conversion, the better rates, all of that stuff has gone up. So um, yeah. I don't want people to think you have to have these huge long you know, things either because it's just mm-hmm. not true. And I've done it both ways and I've seen results with the shorter ways, and it is hard <laughs> for mm-hmm. me because I want to say stuff. I have plenty to say. Um, mm-hmm. So, yes, great. So just before we jump in, I want to ask, in your opinion, what does successful image-based social content look and feel like when we come across it online? So here's something to be careful of, and it's just like it's, it's piggybacking off of what you just said. What a successful social content post might look like may be different depending on your branding and depending on the perspective of your audience. So you definitely have to make sure that you have gotten clear on who it is you're talking to whenever you're creating any type of content, and especially if you're going to make it snack-sized, which means it's going to be something that's very short, abbreviated, concise, easy to consume. If you're going to do that, you have to understand the perspective of your audience and what it is they want to consume. But there are some general characteristics that I think are common with success Um, when it comes to those type of posts, one is that it's appropriate for the platform. So what you put, for example, on Facebook, what you communicate on Facebook and share on Facebook may look a little different if you're sharing something similar on LinkedIn. So I see people as successful when they're posting snack-sized content that is appropriate for the platform. The second thing I see is if it's something that is clearly getting to a particular message. So it shouldn't take so much time that by the time they get to line 3 or 50, (laughs) they still don't know what it is you're talking about. So having clarity in the message that you're trying to drive home. And if it's snack-sized, you really want to only focus on a targeted single point if you can with maybe a few supporting messages or supporting points. And then the final thing I think, Shannon, would be Um, It would look successful if it looks like it's well done. And you mentioned this this too, the whole idea of quality, making sure you're not just throwing something together. Because I mentioned or I talked about the fact that it, it needs to be easy to create, but that doesn't mean you create junk and just throw it out there and expect people to consume it. It has to be done well. So those are my three criteria. Yeah, now here's a good question, and I'm sure our audience can – can relate to this. You know, if we're entrepreneurs or solopreneurs or even, you know, have a small staff, uh, time is limited. And in the work I do with, you know, the people I work with on the content strategy side, I also, I hear often, if I don't have time to do social media, let Mm -hmm. alone the time to even create, you know, images on top of this, like, Shannon, what are you telling me (laughs) I have to do? Um, So, have you encountered this in your work with your clients? And if so, how do you uh, address the issue? Yeah, that's a really good question about the time thing. And that, that does seem to be the biggest challenge, I think. But the first question or my first answer to that would be, if you don't have time to put into your marketing, do you have time to run a business? So, and the reason why I got to put that out there, because I think a lot of folks think, you know, if I open my doors and I say I have a business now and I'm selling stuff and my stuff is really good, whatever that stuff is, 
you think that automatically people should be flocking to your door, and it just doesn't work that way, especially now when we have such a competitive marketplace, both online and offline. So I challenge you to really think about the percentage of time that you're putting into your marketing. You've got to – here's what I learned many years ago, and I still carry this with me right now, even though I was hard-headed. I'm going to say that. <laughs> I was hard-headed for a number of years. So don't think I, I digested this and used it immediately. But the, the phrase was, open mouth, open store, closed mouth, closed store. So the only way you get people to buy from you and to even engage with you before they buy, because that's a process, before they can engage with you to buy, you have to have put something out there. There has to be something that is enticing and attracting them to interact in the first place. So you can't open up a website or a store online without driving traffic. So your question about time, I think, goes back to, really get clear on if you're going to be a business owner in today's world, you've got to look at actively putting some thought into your marketing strategy. Those are really great points. And I just like to follow up and say, you know, when my clients come to work with me, it's, it's, and I, and I hear this and the Mm -hmm. next thing I always hear is, I don't know what to say on social media. And Mm -hmm. my answer is, if you have good content, you have stuff to share on social media. And it all drives people back to your website. Like, it solves a whole bunch of uh, problems at one time. (laughs) Okay, so we're going to dive into today's topic. I want to know, Tanya, what has been the biggest change in online marketing that you've seen in the seven years since you've been doing business? The biggest change that I've seen is that now, because of the fact that our attention spans, and this is something that I've been reading through and kind of getting a gauge on, our attention spans have shrunk by 50% over the past decade. There's an article out there that talks about the fact that our attention spans are less than that of a goldfish. Eight seconds versus nine seconds. So... The biggest change I've seen is that we have got to we that there's more of a trend in creating content that is going to capture that attention um, that's more visual and that is more bite sized which is why we're talking about the whole snack size thing today that's great so you you alluded to this in the beginning of the call that you you know were writing these kind of long blog posts and et cetera so as this as these changes happened over the seven years, what else have you implemented along the way in your own business to kind of, you know, get back in the game, so to speak? Mm-hmm. Um, wow, there's a couple of different things that I'll highlight. Um, one of the things that I really had to get clear on is, remember I talked about having that I won't say fear of writing, but I'll say that it became, it was hard. It's been difficult for me to write when it comes to text. But what I learned is that I am gifted at the image creation thing. So I'm gifted visually and I'm gifted at um, creating even audio bites and small bites of um, when it comes to slide decks and those type of things. So finding what you're gifted at, If writing is not your biggest thing, if that's not your biggest gift, can you talk? 
Can you speak over a podcast? Can you do a quick video? That may be your route or your path to blogging and to doing these things in short form. Um, Creating images doesn't have to be all you. You can have the vision and then share that with someone who you've outsourced it to. But those are the types of things I had to get really comfortable with, and now I'm operating in my space, which is awesome. <laughs> That's really great. I also want to say um, I do this little quiz with my clients, and it's, you know, do you prefer to read? So this is the quiz question I would ask them, right? They come to me yeah. and they're having trouble with creating content, and that comes mm-hmm. in all different forms. So yeah. the question I ask them is, when you're looking at content or looking for content, you go to Google, do you prefer mm-hmm. to read or do you prefer to view it? That's mm-hmm. the first thing I ask. Because mm-hmm. for me, I know that if I did more video, I'd sell more stuff. And the way I figure this out is because the few times I've done video, I've sold stuff. <laughs> <laughs> it's not brain science. However, I love writing. Like, I'm a mm-hmm. writer. I'm an author. I'm a blogger. I'm a content person. So, yeah. of course, I do the writing um, piece, but I'm also adding in the visual pieces. But it's a really super great point that you make, and it's if you are more, uh, you know, uh, you want to go and look at content first, that's probably a clue that maybe we should look at video or visual content, mm-hmm. snack size mm-hmm. pieces. Really great. Okay, now you speak a lot about solo and micro-businesses. And Mm -hmm. first I'd like to know if you could define the difference between those two types in your opinion for our audience. Okay, I can give you my opinion for sure. There, you might find other things out on Wikipedia. So just know this is the world according to Tanya. <laughs> when I talk about solo business owners, I'm talking about people who are individual service providers mostly. So in, in essence, we're talking coaches, speakers, authors, people whose branding is solely around them and specific to what they're doing. A micro business, however, may be slightly larger but not quite a small business, meaning it might be one or two people partnered together with a very small team of, I don't know, two to three others that are assisting them. So that's what I'm talking about. Okay, good. Yeah, the unique thing about those two groups is that they have unique um, unique resources at their disposal. They have limited resources when it comes to when it is compared to small or larger size businesses, but they also have greater opportunity because there's a lot of flexibility for what you can do. Mm-hmm. All right, let's talk about what we can do online. And I think we can both agree, and probably all the people listening in today, that it's noisy online. It's a noisy space out mm-hmm. there. There's so much information and competition for our time and our attention and our money. And I just want to know how how can solo and micro businesses compete when there are so many other things competing for people's attention online? Yeah, that's another great question, Shannon. And I think the biggest thing, if I had to give one message point here, one learning point for you, it would be – Make sure you're clear on who you're talking to. If you can get crystal clear on your target audience, then you can narrow down the type of content you want to create, how often you need to create it, what are the message points, on what platform. Until you get really clear on who it is you're talking to, it's going to be very difficult to come up with those things. So. 
That's really good, and this is why I'm going through rebrand again. <laughs> and it's okay. You know, I'm embracing it. I've been in business 18 months, and this will be the third one. I've grown fast, and I just realize now through research and, you know, I have business coach and all that stuff that mm-hmm. this is what happens when you grow. You have to, like, yeah. redefine who you're talking to. Um, mm-hmm. And just to give our audience a, a a personal example, when I first came out as the Writing Whisperer in February 2013, I was calling myself a writing coach for business owners, but it was not landing. Business owners had no idea why they needed a writing coach. It didn't, it wasn't their language. They didn't understand it. And so after a while, you know, I talked to some people and they're like, no, not a writing coach. Like, that's not what we need. So I played around with, you know, some things. And then I uh, rebranded as a blogging coach, which was good. I got a lot of business, but then everyone just knew me as a blogging coach, which, (laughs) (laughs) as you know, I do a lot more than blogging strategy. So um, I went through rebrand and I said, okay, what, what is it that I'm doing and what do people need? Content strategy. So that's kind of a a quick evolution of my brand. And it's perfectly okay if you have to narrow the focus, you know, start over, quote, unquote. You're not technically starting over, but really get your language right and figure out who your audience is and what services you want to offer. I think you just gave a really awesome, awesome message to people who are feeling like they have to be stuck with one thing and that they can't ever leave it and that they've got to get it exactly perfect and right because I'm the same way. I mean, over the years that I've been working on this, on my business, I've rebranded multiple times (laughs) just like you're doing in the 18 months. Just imagine if you were doing it longer you're still going to have an opportunity to constantly reinvent yourself and get to that place where you feel really comfortable and confident about who you are. So that's really great. All right, let's talk about your recommended tools for managing content on our solo budgets that we have going on here. Um, What are your top three or four tools? How do you use them, and why do you love them? Oh, my goodness. I love so many tools. I love tools. Oh, my goodness, Shannon. (laughs) I could probably go on all day, but I know you asked for three, so I'm going to give you my very top three right now. Okay. Number one being Canva, Canva Canva.com. So I love Canva because basically it is an image creation tool for non-image creators. (laughs) (laughs) So it's one of those tools where you talked about earlier, um, what if you don't have time? It's a very quick hitter way to go out and let's say you want to create a Facebook post. They already have ready-made templates you can simply plug into, add your text, and go. I mean, it's awesome, and it's free. The only thing you pay for if you choose to pay for it is if you upload their um, royalty-free images If you upload their images to use with, um, and what I mean by images is your background for the Mm -hmm. image you're creating, if you upload one of those, it's like a dollar to use it for that one um, post that you're creating. But it's so fast and so easy. So that's number one. Number two is something called Weekly Snaps. And Weekly Snaps is actually a service that's – I think it was created or at least they're partners with a, a company called Share as Image, which is another tool similar, similar to Canva, but shareasimage.com does something similar to Canva. Weekly Snaps is the version of their um, weekly 
emails where they're sending you a bunch of pictures that you can use in your posts. So I love getting these posts or these inbox um, messages every Monday where they have a bunch of different pictures that I can use for various quote images or series that I might be creating, even slide decks. They're awesome. Oh my gosh. Uh, you just blew my mind. <laughs> the last my thing third I and do. final. I got to give you one more. I got to give you one more. This last one, you already know what it is, Shannon. What? It's Google Drive. Google Drive, people are sleeping on it, but Google Drive is an easy way for you to manage all this stuff you're creating and to organize it and to share it if you've got a team and to keep track of it all. So that's that's my third favorite tool right now. Okay, but wait, I'm going back to where you blew my mind. <laughs> I, my mind's still blown. So you're telling me that Weekly Snaps on Monday sends you images that you can use for free. They're, they're open yeah. source or whatever that's called? Well, okay, let me back up and say this. Weekly Snaps itself is a subscription. So you can get the subscription for Weekly Snaps, and for one year, I think I paid like $59 for the entire year. But okay. literally every Monday, that's 52 weeks in a year, I get a whole plethora of images I can use. Now, a free version is called Unleash. So if you are looking for free, Unleash, I think it's Unleash.com. Let me look it up real quick. But Unleash can also... Um, Nope, it's not Unleash.com. Let me find it for you really fast here because I get these emails every week too. So I'm telling you that there's just a ton of stuff out there that will help you. When you're talking about finding time, I'm all about the shortcuts. There's a ton of different things out there that you can use without going and buying a bunch of stuff. Um, where is it? Okay. I can always keep put talking it and I will find it. Mm -hmm. Sure, and I can always put, once you find it, put it in a follow-up email with the recording. As a there it is, unsplash. Unsplash.com. Unsplash, yeah. Okay. So they send you, and they're high-quality images. Um, yeah, unsplash.com. Go sign up. And it, it says right there, free, do whatever you want, high-resolution photos. Ten new photos every ten days. All you've got to do is subscribe. So that's another oh, option. Okay, now let me ask you something as a visual-brained person because mm -hmm. I just want to know. <laughs> <laughs> um, so when I write a post, I get all excited all over the words, and then I'm like, oh, damn, i got to go find an image <laughs> that matches this. So what does the visual brain do when you see an image in so your inbox? And this is that's a great question because you uh, yeah we're so complimentary of each other because you're the text person but I love the visual okay so here's what I do when I see these things I'm looking for things that are eye catching um, it doesn't even necessarily have to match exactly what I'm talking about but it has to be something that's going to be appealing to the eye and that allows me to filter because here's what we can do. Instead of you simply, like one I'm looking at right now, if you're on the Unsplash page, it's just a bunch of coat hangers with some numbers on it. Okay, But what you can do is add that to a program like Canva, 
and then you can filter it out and turn it a little bit dark and blur it and put words over it. Nobody's really paying as much attention to the background as you think if you're doing it that way. What it's designed to do is to almost play like a backdrop to highlight the words you're playing. So that's one tip. The other tip is if you truly are that person who's like, no, I've got to find exactly the perfect picture that's going to match exactly what I'm saying, like I'm talking about cat videos today, so I've got to have a kitten in the background, well, then you go and you use Canva to do a search, and you type in kitten or cat or cute cats or whatever, and then you find that image for a dollar if you're not finding it in your free stash. So That's a really great option. tip. Yeah. And just because you brought up kittens and cats, I do want <laughs> to tell our audience that uh, content with kittens or cats converts really good. Uh, people really love kittens and cats. So if you can't think of anything else, just do a series of kittens and cats <laughs> on your business and you're good to go. Okay, awesome. That was such great uh, learning and tools right there. So what I want to know is if you can share your approach to marketing on social media. What's working for you? What have you kind of ditched? Um, you know, we try and target specific people and groups and, and talk about what they're interested in. So what's working for you these days? So what's working for me right now, um, a couple of different things. One is creating image series. So what I've done with Snack Size Content is basically, you know, I've kind of given you a little bit of the criteria that I, we talked about. And most of it is visual in the form of some type of image. But what I've been creating on Instagram are series, meaning that I would have like a, uh, an image that has a hook, okay? And so let's say, since we're talking about cats, let's say the hook is going to be a cat. And I do actually have a cat cartoon called Content Cat that was created for $5 for me over on Fiverr, Fiverr.com. Mm -hmm. So what I did is basically took that hook or the cat, put it into a Canva image, so large enough to be like a Facebook post size or Instagram size, if you will, for this instance, and then plug in tips and quotes that were specific to what I'm talking about. So if I'm promoting, for example, um, how to content curation, okay, how to get started with content curation, you might have like five to ten different images that are focused on tips and quotes in that series. And let's make it an even number and say ten, okay? But what I'm doing is basically you're going to include your domain name, so mine is tanyasmithonline.com with a tagline, and you're going to have your tip or your quote in large size letters or your, your 10 since we're doing 10 tips. You've got your 10 different images. They all have the cat on them, but they have different tips. And then you're going to promote that through Instagram and on a site like Pinterest. So you create a board just for content curation mm -hmm. tips. But then within the body and the text and where you're describing what it is, you're also you're giving a little smattering of what, what it is you're talking about, but you're also pointing back to, hey, if you want more information or insight about content curation, visit this and purchase my ebook for $10 or whatever it is you're selling it for. 
Mm-hmm. So not only do you get traction from it being really a cool tip that people can learn from, but you're also getting traction because you're leading and guiding people back to your site to purchase and experience more with you. That's really great. So they're going to link to a product or a service or something you want them to see. You have that offer, yeah. which is why I would always say whenever you're creating snack size content, don't just, and I made this mistake many times. I still have made it even recently. But sometimes you create content just because you love to create it, right? You know this too. Oh, you yeah. create it because you just love it. You're just passionate about it. But you have to be more strategic about monetizing as much as you possibly can because you're in business, Right. So when you're strategic about it and you're really thinking through how you're creating content, always start backwards. Work from the offer and then work backwards and create your content based on the offer you're um, trending towards. That's really great. And if we have any authors on the line, because my memoir um, is out and it's doing very well. I know one of the reasons why is blogging and my Huffington Post things that I write over there, but also... I have created these uh, visual series with the cover of my book, which since it's me, it's basically a picture of me in this case, um, which is the book cover and then a significant quote from the book and then the link, uh, the URL back to my book website. Mm -hmm. Uh, And I can reuse those over and over. I put them on Twitter. I put them on – I have a Pinterest board just of all the – you know, images in that series. So really mm-hmm. great tip, too, if there's any authors here or you're, you know, wanting to um, build an author platform as well. It's great. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay, awesome. Um, let's talk about um, a client project that you're currently mm-hmm. working on that you might, you know, hopefully you're super excited about because <laughs> <laughs> we want to love what we do at this point in the game. Um, I'd love to, like, get into your work. Like, what are you doing these days? So I'm doing a lot more on-demand training these days, but I can't – here's what I can't get away from. I love, I love, I love teaching, but I really, really love working one-on-one with clients. And so I had at one point moved away, I mean, to where I was turning away individual client partnerships, and it just, it was killing me because that's the fun part is really delving into someone's personal space and getting really intimate with them and understanding their business and helping them. And so I'm working with a client right now because I did start taking some on, still only a few at a time, so it's very limited. But a client that I'm working with right now in my VIP program, which is Brands Making New, Hot Off the Press, so only you guys have heard this, it's called Snack on This. <laughs> oh my gosh. I love yeah. <laughs> so I'm working with her on my snack on this VIP program. And what we're doing is we're basically redesigning her content strategy so that she can drive more traffic back to her website. And she is a wellness coach who focuses on working with people who have had gastric bypass surgery. So as part of her process, we took a dive into her current branding and what she's sending out right now, like what has she been posting, what is that looking like, how engaged are people, how are people perceiving her brand, what do they see her as, do they know her as the person who's the gastric bypass surgery coach, blah, 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 okay? Um, so we looked at her core offer that she really wants to drive people to in order to do coaching with her, and what we developed is a free lead magnet or an opt-in option for her that would draw people back to that core offer. 
So what we're working on designing now are the type of snack size series of quotes, tips, and even short video messages that are going to help people be driven to that free offer on a landing page so that they then can get an autoresponder or email marketing series that leads them to coaching with her. So in a nutshell, we're working on not only creating her social media strategy um, from a post standpoint, the content itself, but also looking at the complete funnel and how that's going to lead, um, how things are going to work circularly. Content that's to the great. Audience. Sounds yeah. like what I do over here in Brooklyn. <laughs> awesome! <laughs> it's such fun work too, and it's so personal. You're right, it is one-on-one, -on -one, um, mm -hmm. but you really get a sense for what people want and who their audience is and mm -hmm. you know all that stuff that's so important when you're wanting to rebrand or expand your brand. So important. Exactly. Yeah, that's right. Well, this has been a great infer, uh, afternoon of learning about snack-sized social content, how to make it work for our brands. I'm so happy that you could be here with us and the audience too. Um, yeah. Do you have another upcoming program or uh, product you're really excited about? Well, of course I'm super excited about the snack on this VIP that I'm working with people on. So it is that have limited seats when it comes to that, but I'm interested in working with people who are, have creative minds and really want to delve into the snack size marketing piece. But I also have in February a program up, coming up called Course in a Weekend. So what we're doing is we're creating snack size courses in one weekend by repurposing content that people have created before, like maybe it's a book, a workshop, a presentation, or something you've already done, and we're going to reformat that into a miniature course. So very excited about those two projects. That is awesome. And where can people connect with you online? You can find me anytime over at my website at TanyaSmithOnline.com, but I'm also on Twitter and Facebook, I mean continuously. So <laughs> the best way to find any, any place that you prefer to actually engage, you can find it on my social business card at about.me forward slash Tanya Smith. Thank you, Tanya, for spending time with us today and sharing your knowledge on creating snack-sized social content and how to make it work for entrepreneurs. And I want to thank all of our listeners today. If you're interested in the next uh, Branding Through Content uh, series, it will be in early December. I have a very special guest who's going to be talking about podcasting to uh, grow your platform, grow your brand, and create more content so you can get your name out there. I am Shannon Hernandez, The Writing Whisperer, and Tanya and I invite you to connect with us via email or social media, we'd love to talk to you there. Until next time, goodbye. <laughs>